the foundation of a Yiddish home and a wellspring of blessings. Kimchas had seven sons, all of whom merited to serve as Kehanim Gedelim. The Chacham asked her, What have you done to merit this? She answered, The rafters of my house has never seen the braids of my hair. Kimchas' profound conduct of Sneas, to the extent that even when she was alone in her house, the rafters of her house never saw the braids of her hair, affected her sons so much they all merited to become Kehanim Gedelim. Her behavior thus had affected many, many years after she conducted herself in this manner, after her children had already become Bar Mitzvah and after they had reached the age of 20, when they became fit to become Kehanim Gedelim. Moreover, her conduct also had an influence on her grandchildren and great-grandchildren, for the son of the Kehanim Gedelim inherits his father's position. Since this tale is related to us by Teresh Shabbat Peh, it follows that this is not just a story of something that transpired in the past, for that which has passed has passed. Rather, it comes to teach every Jewish daughter how much she is to scrupulously observe Tznius, even when there is no one else in the house. By behaving in this ultimate manner of Tznius, one affects for the good of one's children and grandchildren, as we glean from the above tale of the Gemara. Chai El 5742 No Compromise over the years, the Rebbe underlined the great schus that a woman has in maintaining sneas and covering her hair, particularly with a shetel, and pointed to it as a major source of blessing for her and her family. The tremendous benefit of wearing a shetel is actually spelled out in the Zayar. If she does so, properly covers her hair, her children will be superior to other children of the nation. Her husband will be blessed with spiritual and material blessings, with wealth, children, and children's children. The Rebbe also spelled out in letters the many brachas that are drawn down through a woman covering her hair properly with a shetel mostly based on the above Zayar. At the base, however, as in all matters of life, the Rebbe grounded his stance on the importance of women wearing shadows on the fact that women covering their hair is a mandated by Halacha. In a reply to a woman inquiring about the basis of the obligation to wear shadow, the Rebbe replied unequivocally regarding the issue of covering a woman's head on, the, on what the custom is based, etc. This is a full-on law in Torah, Torah's Chaim, and not merely a custom, although much importance is attributed to Jewish customs too. All the more so that there is special emphasis placed on practicing this law of covering a, a woman's hair as is understood from the quality of the reward received for adhering to this law. The Rebbe's insistence on the matter actually had precedence in previous generations. The Friedrich Rebbe wrote about the necessity for a chesidish woman to cover her hair with a shetel. In fact, as the Friedrich Rebbe continued, this special regard for halacha is where the uniqueness of a bacher who studied in Temkin is expressed. The difference between a student of Temchit Mimim and a student of other yeshivas is not only matters of Yerushalayim, but is mainly matters of Mesiris Nefesh for Teira and the behavior according to Teira. The behavior must be that the wife of a student in Temchit Mimim should wear a shetel, notwithstanding how hard it may be, because doing otherwise is not possible and not permissible. Indeed, to many who inquired regarding a Shidduch proposal, the Rebbe responded by emphasizing the necessity that the Kala take upon herself to wear a shetel. In some instances, the Rebbe wrote in strong terms that it is obvious and self-understood that a non-negotiable condition that has to first be made is that the Kala is taking upon herself to wear a shetel. Aside from noting the basic halachic reason, the Rebbe would regularly stress that wearing a shetel is not merely a private matter, but something of a general matter, and brings about merit to many. Schus harabim. In reality, the Rebbe wrote, wearing a shetel is the foundation of a chassid shahom. In a telling letter, the Rebbe writes relatively at length and in clear terms about the tremendous importance and benefit connected with wearing a shetel. Regarding what you wrote at the end of your pan, about your kala, a bracha that you should have a chassid shahom, a chassid shahiz, wearing a shetel is of primary importance to the foundation of the entire home, as it is something seen by all. This is especially permanent in your area. 
since I have heard that there is currently some laxity in this matter regarding wearing a shetel. Thus, there must be unwavering firmness in this matter, and she should specifically wear a shetel. Surely, your desire will help you find the right words to bring this about practically and successfully. Yiddish Pride In a fascinating letter, Deba writes to a woman who is worried that she may be laughed at if she starts wearing a shetel. In response to your letter in which you write about a shetel, and how in your firm community that isn't the tradition, they don't wear shetels, and that you are ashamed, for perhaps they will laugh at you if you wear a shetel. Recently, even American youth have begun to especially honor and respect those who stand firm in their faith. They do not feel embarrassed by those who scoff at them and their outlook on the world. To the contrary, they respond with scorn and desertion to those who simply follow the majority without having any principles of their own. Surely you know that the entire fourth part Four part Shochan Aruch opens with the statement that one should not be embarrassed by those who scoff at one's service of Hashem. The Rebbe concludes with a most powerful message. Moreover, and this too is quite simple and very understandable, Hashem fills heaven and earth and finds himself with man in all places at all times. This is not so with regard to people. Even those who live extremely close are not always close at hand. Thus, how can it possibly be that someone is not embarrassed before Hashem? and rather is embarrassed by people who are flesh and blood. Shetel specifically. Much of the Rebbe's correspondence on the topic discussing the necessity for a woman to wear shetel specifically, and more precisely, a shetel that entirely covers her hair. An advantage of wearing a shetel rather than a tichel, the Rebbe explained, is that a tichel can easily slide down, unlike a shetel. Thus, wearing a shetel is very much needed in the time when Frum Yidin can be subjected to intimidation. In the Rebbe's words, the difference between a shetel and a tichel is the following. It is easy to take off a tichel. This is not the case with a shetel. Also, when one is at a gathering and wears a shetel, even if President Eisenhower were to enter the room, she cannot take off the shetel. This is not so with a tichel, which can be easily removed. It is possible that she will say that she will wear a tichel properly. If she does know, then surely all is well. But experience has shown that this is not the case. Why place yourself in the path of temptation? We ask every day prior to our davening, Do not bring us to challenging tests. So how can we take upon ourselves such a test? Who is greater than David HaMelech concerning whom the Gemara says that he completely vanquished his Yezir and nevertheless he did not withstand the test? An interesting episode is recounted by Rezev Latansky. Upon his engagement with his wife, Devarida, in 5719, test, he married to have a Yechidus with the Rebbe. Present at this Yechidus were the Chazan, the Kala, and their fathers. During the Yechidus, the question came up of how Deborah would cover her hair after the marriage. Her sisters lived in Israel at the time, and they all covered their hair with a tichel, which was what she wanted to do, even though it was the custom for Lubavish women to cover their hair with a shetel. The Rebbe asked Deverida if there was something on her mind, and she brought this up. It led to a long discussion between the Rebbe and Deverida, lasting about 45 minutes, in which she explained her position, and the Rebbe explained to her why tichels are problematic. The Rebbe said, imagine yourself coming to a wedding where everyone is all dressed up in their nicest clothes and all the women are wearing shadows, but you are wearing a tichel. You will feel uncomfortable because you won't look as nice as them. The Rebbe added that when something feels uncomfortable, then people tend to discard it after time, which is why it is better to prevent any such problem ever coming up. After the Echidus, the Vera agreed to cover her hair with a shadow and immediately went to purchase one. Constant Demand the Rebbe's great push for women to wear a shetel expressed itself in many ways throughout the early years of the Rebbe's Nesiyas. From letters to individuals, personal conversations in Yechidus, or just a remark during a sicha, 
The Rebbe demanded this very much. As Moshe Levertov wrote in his diary, in general, everything that the Rebbe speaks about with a passion, the Rebbe demands for very much. For example, the Rebbe expressed regarding women covering their hair with a shaitel that he will carry through with Mesiris Nefesh, in the earlier years of the Rebbe's Nesias, and even earlier during the Friedrich Rebbe's Nesias, the Rebbe would participate in the weddings of Chassidim as the Masader Kedushin. In the years following Yushvat 5711, the Rebbe laid down several conditions to his participation at weddings, including that the Chassid should grow a beard and that the Kala should wear a shaitol. Similarly, before the wedding of Reb Shmuel and Miral Spalter, the Chassid had a chidus with the Rebbe. During the Yechidus, the Rebbe told him that if he cannot afford a shaitol, he should go to Maskir's office to receive funds to purchase a nice shaitol, a shayna shaitol, for his kala. By 5723, Tavshon Chal the Rebbe had stopped physically participating in Chassidim's weddings. Before the wedding of Rabbi Shmuel Lu, the father of the kala, Mr. Zalman Jaffe requested that the Rebbe participate in the wedding as Masader Kedushin. A few days before the wedding, Rabbi Chadakov asked the Chassin, Rabbi Lu, if the kala had two shaitols, so that when one is being washed, the other can be worn. Ultimately, as a rare exception, the Rebbe was Masada Kedushin at their wedding the last time he did so. Head held high. Shortly after her engagement, Mrs. Chana Sharfstein had a chidus with the Rebbe. To her surprise, the Rebbe asked if she was planning on wearing a shaitol. She answered honestly, No, I am not planning on wearing a shaitol. The Rebbe looked at her with a smile and said, Um farvosnit, and why not? I am living in Boston, Mrs. Sharfstein replied. All of my friends are nice, observant girls who come from observant homes, and none of my friends are planning on wearing a shaitol. Only old people wear shaitols. Are you going to keep your hair covered? The Rebbe asked. Yes, Mrs. Sharfton confirmed. Everyone in Boston wears hats. I'm planning on wearing a hat as well. And that was the end of that. Over a year passed, and gradually, Mrs. Sharfstein began to realize that many of her neighbors and friends were wearing shaitols and did not look too bad in one. Slowly, she began to reconsider, although, practically, she had no plans to purchase one. One day, in the beginning of Chedesh Elul, a letter from the Rebbe arrived in the mail addressed to Mrs. Chana Sharfstein. The letter's arrival was a bit unexpected. Mrs. Sharfstein hadn't corresponded with the Rebbe recently. She opened the envelope to the sight of a typed letter taking up a full page with the Rebbe's signature on the bottom. The letter, which began with discussing the significance of the new year in regards to Tshuva, contained some surprising content. The Rebbe wrote that he wants to institute among the women of Chabad something that hasn't been instituted before, the idea of wearing a shaitol, and he wants every single woman in the Chabad community to wear a shaitol without an exception, the Rebbe underlined. The Rebbe continued that Mrs. Sharfstein could be a leader amongst the women to influence people, but the mind-blowing part came at the end. The Rebbe brought up every argument that Chana had posed in the Hurriachidis as to why she would not wear a shaitol and discussed them. Mrs. Sharfstein recounted the Rebbe's words, The fact that your friends are not planning to wear a shaitol, that should not make you feel that you shouldn't wear one. You can be the one to, to be the leader and show them the way. As to what you say that you would be uncomfortable with wearing a shaitol, when you wear a shaitol and you walk down the street, carry yourself high and feel proud to let the world know that you're a proud Jewish woman and therefore you are wearing a shaitol with happiness. Mrs. Sharfstein immediately decided to write a note to the Rebbe informing the Rebbe of her decision to wear a shaitol. Just a few days after Mrs. Sharfstein sent her note, they received a phone call from Rabbi Krinsky that there was something important waiting for her at the Rebbe's office. Of course, my husband immediately went to 770 and I impatiently awaited his return, Mrs. Sharfstein related. My husband returned from 770 and told me, you won't believe what happened. He takes out a check and says, look, this is what I received in 770. This is from the Rebbe. In a small white envelope was a personal check from the Rebbe, 
written in his personal handwriting, and with it came a special message that I should buy the most beautiful shade that I could find. He said I should wear it with great happiness and joy. Added Benefit As mentioned, the Rebbe pointed to wearing a shaital as a source of great blessing. In response to the individual who asked the Rebbe's advice regarding your brother having male children and healthy children, the Rebbe responded unequivocally. You should also find out from your brother whether his wife is careful to observe Kisayadosh, for the Zayar statement is known that a woman's observance of Sneas, and especially Kisayadosh, brings about blessings of above and blessings of below, with wealth, with children and grandchildren. In a telling letter to Hassan in Australia, the Debra writes that the financial problems that were prevalent amongst the community were less because of the decline of financial state of the country and more because of the shaital issue amongst the Anash women. In regards to what you wrote regarding your financial situation, as well as the financial situation by several Anash, I cannot withhold my opinion on the matter for it is important to other people and is regarding a very important thing. My opinion is that one of the main reasons for the lack of success until now is not so much the natural reason, the financial situation of the country now, for many have overcome this. Rather, it is the issue of shaitals by a Nash woman. And although the limitschus, and not only a limitschus, but the truth of the matter is that the shaital issue is because they became used to this in the old country, Russia, and there, this was, the issue of wearing a shaital, was fraught with much difficulty, and once one becomes accustomed to something, it becomes permitted to him, chas it is known, however, that a limitschus, although it is of great value, does not change the situation that ultimately the issue of a shaito is not okay at all. Rabbi Yitzchak Arnold relate, Five years passed after my wife and I were married, but to our dismay, we still had no children. My wife remembered a letter she wrote to the Rebbe long before when she was a Kala about covering her hair as a married woman. At the time, the Rebbe answered her, If you cover your hair with a shaito, as a married woman should, you will have children. At her next Yechidus with the Rebbe, she took the letter with her, and when she asked the Rebbe for a bracha for children, she put the letter on the table and said, I have a promise, and then she burst into tears. The Rebbe recommended a particular fertility clinic where he suggested she see a doctor whose name he provided. We went there, and 14 months later, our first son Shlema was born.